0: This is it. I'm there. I've made it. I think. But what is there? Well, it's. it's my goal, isn't it? (laughs) But I've. I've been here before, I think. But then, definitely no none of this makes sense but i mean i wrote it that way wait i wrote it what do i mean i wrote it no 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 it's it's not it's not written it's portrayed it's simpler than that it's me speaking aloud narrating in my own mind i guess Wow. The days have come and gone. One day I feel I am my own and the next time I'm not. In almost equal measure I feel that I have swum and drowned through hail and, and mud. I've climbed on sand, through bogs, my mind a fog. I feel, though, in this moment that my grip is where it needs to be. Yeah, it is on a slick surface. I'm in an unrelenting rainstorm, but I have that grip, I am gripping, and I am on track, I can see it. I can see her. I can see her. (gasps) She has promised me great things. Power among them. Authority the most enticing. I see her. There she is. She is standing amidst the rain. And I am going to her. She holds her arms as if to embrace me. And, And it is... It is, it is not her, no. I see her face, but it's on the sidelines. I see her grinning with, oh, it's malice, and it's satisfaction. And I, I see figures of extraordinary evil, evil far beyond what I have mustered to get here. And they have no interest in my gains. They have no interest in my skill. I can see it. I have been fooled by her and into their palms. And I will not be fooled again. I mustn't. I will not. These are the thoughts that run through your mind as sanity slowly slips its last way out of you. These are the thoughts that run through your mind as the final pieces of sanity are slipping from you. These are the last last thoughts that run through your mind as the last pieces of sanity slip from it. All are true, but none seem to make sense. You feel one last opportunity arise within you. A final attempt to make your mind your own. A chance to bounce back. Despite the fact that you... Despite the fact that should you make it all the way back to more familiar and sensible terrain, if you will, you are sure your mind will not be the same again. Somewhere in the back of your mind, you know that if you can make it to more familiar. Somewhere in the back of your mind, however, you know that even if you were to make it... Somewhere in the back of your mind, however, you know that even if you were to find your way to more familiar and sensible terrain, your mind won't be the same again. And and with pure spite of that in mind, roll a wisdom saving throw.
1: Hey there, creatures, and welcome to Encounter This, a podcast exploration of the creatures from Dungeons and Dragons and the lore that surrounds them. Hey there, Creatures. James coming at you from the future. Just wanted to let you know there's a bit of an issue with the audio quality on my end. We've done the best that we can in post to fix it, but due to coronavirus 2020 and us not being able to record in the studio, there's some minor audio issues and some hiccups and some background noise that you can hear from other apartments around mine. So we've done the best we can to cut it out, and we hope you still enjoy this episode. The content is fantastic. Freeman is a great host, as always and we will see you in the next one. Hey there, creatures. Welcome to our second ever isolation episode. Today, we are going to take a look at Cambians from the Monster Manual on page 36. And as always, I am James Aserach, kid, and my good, good buddy, Freeman, the Rule of Three, Tin is going to take us there. What do we got today, Freeman.
0: Horns, leathery wings, and sinewy tails are hallmarks of otherworldly heritage. Cambians are the offspring of a fiend, usually a succubus or incubus, and a humanoid, usually a human. Now if that if you paint a <laughs> mysterious picture, I don't know what will. What 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 voice are you going <laughs> I'm for just, there? Goodbye. I'm just improvising. <laughs> this this, this <laughs> wasn't planned. Okay, perfect. Uh, so, <laughs> <clears throat> sorry, I was a frog in my throat. Uh, yes, horns, leathery wings, sinewy tails—the uh, uh, hallmarks of the otherworldly heritage. So, cambians are uh, these really cool and strange creatures. They are the offspring of a fiend. Uh, or demon, if you will, and some sort of humanoid creature as far as the 5e world is concerned. Now, Cambians uh, have a lot in regards to their reproduction. So this is going to be an interesting episode with all of the <laughs> caveats you're going to expect.
1: <laughs> a Whole lot of interspecies. That's going kind of to be a way. thing,
0: uh, and I think it's. A, is, uh, I think homebrew is going to be interesting for sure. Um, this is definitely an M-rated episode. <laughs> make note, make note that it says fiend and humanoid, and you could really, probably, really play with that. So a Cambion's mother, to start, um, will always die in childbirth. Okay. And thus, a cambion is often left orphaned on the material plane or under the abusive thumb of demons within the abyss. This results in them rarely being accepted wherever they are, and inevitably, they are brought up and grow up with a twisted sort of bitterness within them. Crazy. These creatures are... They have charcoal black skin, cloven hooves, six-fingered hands and an unearthly beauty that characterizes these creatures. So despite all of these very classic demon features, they have something that is really uh, aesthetically pleasing. Uh, Quick side note, the art for 5e uh, does not reflect the six-fingered hands... Uh, and I, nor do I think it reflects the cloven hooves. So but if I'm there not it is mistaken, those traits specifically come from Grazzt. Is that not correct? I think you're not wrong. Yeah, I think it's, it's in that direction for sure. Now, that's probably why my next note is very really relevant. Um, the demon lord Grazzt is very fond of, quote-unquote, procreating, read as getting his jollies, with humanoids. And especially humanoids that have made pacts with other fiends. And many of his offspring are cambions and help him to sow and spread chaos across the multiverse. Okay. So the majority of the ones that you see in that physical description are likely his offspring and children. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. So they themselves will breed uh, and produce another cambion. But they usually prefer to seek out a mortal to breed with. And that's what results in a tiefling. Okay, cool. That's good to know. They're they're yeah. like
1: third generation demon.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. That, that's how a, that's how a tiefling tiefling comes into play. Uh, for those who are listening who do not know, a tiefling is a playable race uh, within the base game of uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, the fifth edition, yeah, in particular, uh, and they are part demon or part fiend. Now, as a youth, so does oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm just going to ask this to get it right out in front of it. I'm I'm sure you touch on it later. Mm -hmm. But is it
1: specifically demon or can it be like doppelganger or devil or any of those other fiends as well?
0: Um, So it seems to specify uh, as fiend, offspring of fiend and humanoid. And as far as 5e is concerned, we will get into other. uh, There's a few other combinations that are referenced uh, when it comes to the breeding. Uh, So, yeah, we will kind of touch on that, but keep that in your back pocket for sure. I think that's something for discussion. Cool. Uh, A cambion in their youth will immediately identify with their fiendish side first and foremost and they will impose their rightful place in dominating mortals and being their overlord so even in their youth
1: isn't that just being a teenager
0: yeah Yeah, except they have some of the power to back it up oh gotcha (laughs) right they don't just think they have the power yeah they actually have some power and um as they grow, they may actually orchestrate uprisings in cities and villages and they may even create gangs of people or lesser devils to serve them. So they're like little little punks, like they're they're causing trouble uh from their youth. They're they're, they're like every villain in an 80s movie. <laughs> That's so good. Uh they're Peter like Peter Pan in the Lost Boys. <laughs> um
1: I was thinking more like that kid who run the who ran the drug ring in RoboCop too.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, sure. I mean, I feel like uh, we're also uh, my side is is diving in that territory where like the Empire did nothing wrong in Star Wars, and like the Rebels killed millions upon millions when they destroyed the, the Star because that's how many people would be uh, you know aboard. And yeah. Peter I mean, P- P- Peter Pan was a little punk. Captain Hook. I mean, what did he do wrong? He's just trying to you know. Burgle a bit here and there, look up for his crew. And Peter Pan's just literally hounding him the whole time with his lost boys, just, just being a dick. I, I, I completely agree with you on both points.
1: <laughs> uh, but, you know, as an Empire sympathizer
0: myself, um, I do have to point out that they did blow up Alderaan. True. And they were known xenophobes and racists. I haven't seen any evidence of that. Well, uh, okay, <laughs> it's just not the not the platform to get into it. Okay, but they never mind. they they did. No, what? No, I will give you one thing. They did have uh, particular regulations that involved avoiding hiring uh, or at least putting into higher positions anyone that wasn't human. Which is why Emperor Thron was such a big deal. Uh, they would stoop to mercenaries and bounty hunters for sure. But Thrawn was the only non-human to reach any sort of admiral status because they had a specific xenophobic nature in, in their hierarchy. Okay, that, that adds up. I think yeah. that's actually in one of the Thrawn books. James does not entirely sympathize with the, with the empire or no, no I, I don't condone xenophobia <laughs> or racism at all no, not that it needed to be um, said but you know better safe than sorry no, yeah, it should be. <laughs> um but i appreciate their socialist regime yeah well sure yeah <laughs> they do what they do so uh, <laughs> cambians oh is that what the cambians? show's about uh, they will serve their fiendish parents um with a mixture of admiration and dread and always with the expectation that one day they will rise to their own prominence. Now this sort of assumes a lot considering the original statement that their mother will always die. So uh, that statement I thought was interesting because it doesn't necessarily state if the mother's a humanoid. It just says the mother will always die in that childbirth. So they may have no fiendish parent to serve Oh, okay. So you're thinking this is
1: like a one way street? Like it's got to be it, it, depending on their it's circumstance. It's
0: going to no, 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 not so that. But so what I'm saying is that their circumstances very, uh, very much going to be the guideline for how their life turns out and how they operate. And you'll understand what I, what I mean when we get uh, a little farther in. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, if they're born and raised in the Nine Hells, they will serve as soldiers, envoys, personal attendants to greater devils. Born and raised in the Abyss. Their level of authority is set by how much they can dominate through uh, sheer strength and force of will. Cambians will also often become great assassins due to their powers or ambassadors to demon lords like Graz, Demogorgon, Orcus, or even Lolf. Okay. Yeah. So. There are this, two drow deities in there. Yeah. So they, they, these are all, uh, these are all, this is all from the 5e lore from the monster manual. Uh, cool. Diving a little bit into the Forgotten Realms wiki for a little extended lore, Cambians are one of a handful of types of half-fiends. So this gets into answering your question from earlier. Okay. Another type of half-fiend is an alu fiend. It's alu-fiend. It's A-L-U hyphen fiend. They are the offspring of a succubus and a demon. Where do you think alu comes from? I have no idea. Okay.
1: I wonder if it's, if it's the usual trope and it's just the f- backwards Dracula. <laughs>
0: Maybe. <laughs> Could be something like that, yeah. Um, one of the other uh, halfenes is a dregloth, which is the offspring of a female drow and a glabrizu, also pronounced glabrizu or glabrizu. No, glabrizu. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, I, which I believe are in the Monster Manual. I believe they are a, one of the demons in the Monster Manual. Yeah, they are, for sure. And then there's a Durzagon, which is the offspring of Duragar and devils. Why isn't that in the Monster Manual? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, man. Uh, Duragar being the uh, sort of under-the-world under, under the world dwarves. So Cambians are often loners by nature, and they prefer getting lost in high-population settings, especially places where few people ask even fewer questions. So this is uh sort of another side of it. Like it's pretty clear cut w- w- how they will operate should they be born in the abyss of the nine hells and that sort of thing But in the mortal world uh they're likely to be born by a mortal mother I would I would imagine and likely to be abandoned in that case and are very much alone and it would find themselves with a certain set of skills and a certain uh, affinity for something um, in a world that won't accept them. So it makes sense. They would, uh, you know, reach towards these high population areas. Yeah. yeah. And uh, where people will, will not really question them. Like, you know, uh, like a, a major city, you know, that's exactly why I live in a major city, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just that, that anonymity. It really is. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the reason well, I we love both, being here. We both know what it's like to, to be in a small town uh, and that where anonymity like, you know, is basically a it's myth. Not feasible. Um, yeah, everyone Everyone just e- either knows you or knows someone who knows you and, you know, by association. So moving to a big city has is, is a just is pretty strange difference, eh? A strange effect. Uh, I love it so much. <laughs> yes, it, it can be great. Uh, rarely, though, a Cambian will actually take on a good or neutral alignment. Uh, this is definitely very much an exception, and it's usually related in relation to their mother. Okay. Uh, resulting in a life of extreme loneliness where their fiendish parent or any demonic, uh, any demonic patrons will never accept them. So they will probably become quite recluse in that, in that scenario, if they can manage to maintain that good or neutral stance. So not warlocks? Not so much. Um, however, when it came to skillfully luring mortals to the Abyss, Cambians were second only to succubi, uh, which is one of their potential... Wow. Yeah, they were incredibly good at it. That's high. Very cunning. Yeah, yeah. Usually warning other demons of the approaching prey, so they may do what they did best with their souls. So very much passing, you know, luring them in, passing up, probably trying to gain favor. Gotcha. That's cool. Yeah, they were very ambitious creatures, and often trying to prove themselves to either parent. They make for great leaders, or even information brokers, and are often the catalysts for major events. You have said a lot of words here that are are alluding to them having a very high charisma. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 okay. It's it's not super high, okay. but I, it's it's high enough uh, for their CR, I would say, to warrant it. A couple honorable mentions uh, when it comes to the Five E or our, uh, Dungeons Dragons lore. Uh, there's a, there was a, a good list of them in, on the, the Forgotten Realms wiki, but I, I picked my, the ones that I, I thought most appropriate or most interesting. There was Thraxia, daughter of Grazd himself, and uh, a human monk. She had no known succubus blood, but resembled an alufine anyway. So I thought that was kind of strange. Uh, one of these is other Very half-fiends. specific. Yeah, it was very specific. Uh, She was exceptionally powerful and had gained the power of Nelfeshni, which are demons uh, that act as ruling authority over many creatures in the Abyss, and they are a CR 13 creature in 5e. Oh, shit, they're in 5e. They're in 5e, the Nelfeshni. Uh, So she, this particular Cambion, she had managed to gain the power of the Nelfeshni. Uh, and in trying to prove herself to her father, she murdered three of her half-sisters and ever since has served as his personal assassin. Not where I thought so, this was going to go. Yeah, she's, she's not to be messed with. Uh, another reference is Rule of Three, my nickname in the title, and this uh, also harkens back to our Greenhags episode. Uh, Rule of Three was known to have, uh, what was it, He had, he had... More information. He was an absolute uh, master on the information when it came to the hierarchy of the nine hells and demons and fiends. And right. uh, his ability and knowledge and all this was, was second to none. And uh, was known for, I believe, manipulating a lot of events. Um, I suggest to anyone listening to go back and listen to the Hag Suites Episode two is the Green Hags, where we dip into Rule of Three a little bit, but it's a very interesting suite. It a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then there's Asarak, Asarak, Aserach. However you want to say it. The Lich. Uh, the, the, the Lich. The, the, <laughs> the character on the Dungeon Master's Guide. That picture right on the Dungeon Master's Guide. He was a Cambion before he turned to a Lich. Fuck right off. He was, yeah. 100%. His race is Cambion. And wow. he was t- eventually turned to a, a Lich. He was a level 20 wizard. And I think even in the wiki it specifies that he was a Lich or Demi-Lich. So at some point, okay. he was supposed to have achieved the ability, you know, the, the power of a Lich without needing to rely on uh, the corporeal body. Wow. So he was, he was nothing, nothing to mess with at all uh yeah and he was he was a cambion originally he appears not only on the dungeon master guide to artwork um he was also in tomb of annihilation and it makes a an appearance on tales of the yawning portal as well tomb of annihilation is his that is his that, that, that's his thing is yeah. it yeah
1: yeah so, yeah i thought as much yeah yeah
0: he holds the sphere of annihilation spoilers so I thought, yeah, those are all really, really cool. I thought That, I, that cool. in particular was a very cool fact. I didn't had no idea. Oh, no, like, that's and why huge! Why would you? Like, he was he was totally a Cambian. That's yeah. world shaking news. Okay, so that's great for for D anD D and like Astrax still blows my goddamn mind. Yeah, so good. What a cool little little fact. You know, yeah. I'm sure if you if you were to read more of that uh, module or adventure path, that that would maybe. Specify more about his origin and and why and all that, but uh, you know, not really knowing much about it myself. Like I, they just like, holy shit! Like you still see that coming, and it's pretty nifty. Yeah, I never really wanted to go down that road. You want to play it?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to learn about him. <laughs> it's like I, I want it to be a surprise when I do
0: figure it right. out. <laughs> yeah, well, spoiler alert: he's Cambion. Oh, okay. don't know if it matters. I think that's probably but- <laughs> there. It is. I think it's probably okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Uh, It's amazing. Honestly, it's uh, between you, you and myself. It's amazing we have uh, surprises at this point at all. Uh, I feel like no way. Just dipped into so many years of history. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I'm sure. All right, yeah. There's there's lots of cool facts. I think, but like those reveals, those big reveals. Like they're few and far between at this point. Usually custom made and home brewed. I would say.
1: I don't know. There I think there's some stuff we've never touched. <laughs> like I, I've never touched anything from Storm King's Thunder. I don't know a goddamn thing about it. Uh, or
0: I, whatever, yeah, whatever no module is called. Yeah. <laughs> uh son of a Storm King. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Storm 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 Tyrant or Storm Storm Tyrant King. I think we're getting dangerously close to
0: uh copyright infringement from Paizo. Nah. but <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Um, well, with that, we'll move on. Then um, we'll move on yeah, to the old. Let's get out of here quick. The old IRL cultural lore, um, where things get a, a little bit vague, a little bit messy, uh, as to be expected. Right. You see, Cambians. I get it. I live there. Yeah. <laughs> Cambians uh, stem from late European mythology, uh, and Cambians are often the offspring of succubi, incubi, or other demons. So that's consistent. Uh, It wasn't until the 19th century that a Cambian was considered to be the offspring of both, however. Previously, only Incubi were likely, uh, for the usual and obvious sexist reasons, only the male half were able to reproduce them. Uh, So 19th century is where that changed. Uh, The earliest references of the word itself seem to be related to the word change, and is believed to be a cognate, meaning sharing of a linguistic origin, with the word changeling. Cool. Yeah. Now, mentions appear as early as first century Gaul uh, or Roman France, and there's a linguist named Benjamin W. Forson the Fourth. Sorry, let me say that again. <clears throat> Benjamin W. Forson the Fourth. That stated that Cambian is from the Celtic root Camb, K uh, A M B. So ultimately, the English word for change is actually derived from the Latin Cambiare. Uh, which is in turn derived from that Celtic word, "cam," uh, So we can definitely track that. There was an author named William of Auvergne uh, in the 13th century. Uh, he wrote a book called De Universo, which reads, Cambiones, or Cambiti, that is, having been exchanged, the sons of incubi demons substituted for human babies these infants constantly wail for milk and cannot be satisfied even by four nurses. So what that, that first part's a little bit confusing, what it's saying is cambionis or cambiti means having been exchanged became the name or nickname for uh, human babies that were substituted in the cradle by sons of incubi demons.
1: Okay, yeah. very similar to hags.
0: Right, yeah, right? And... um and he describes these infants again as as uh, constantly wailing for milk and almost unable to be satisfied. Uh, yeah, I
1: it makes me real uncomfortable that he put a number to nurses.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. It's so specific, as if they all produce <laughs> for those the same you, amount of milk. Yeah, <laughs> but for those of you listening, yeah. that is that is a wet nurse specifically. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Now that 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 almost that whole thing was almost a direct quote from his book. So yeah. Um. Now, Richard Firth Green, a Canadian scholar of Middle English, notes on this, quote, that this was to become the standard scholastic explanation for changelings throughout the Middle Ages. Huh? An inconsistent account of Cambians comes from a French-language book called Dictionnaire Infernal. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I knew that would catch you. Dictionnaire Infernal. I love all those words. Uh, originally published in, in 1818 and written by Jacques-Auguste Simon Colin de Plancy. Uh, the 1825 edition of this book states, "Enfants des démons de l'encre et Baudin, pensant que le démon occupent, pouvons unir aux demandes S'occupe et qu'il n'est de leur commerce que enfants, des enfants et Dieu qu'un nomme cambion." And I think that, that explains. Yeah. In and I mean, of itself. What else? What else you got? <laughs> Uh, well, I do have an English translation, if you'd like it. Um, I don't think we just, need just it. Just in but case. All right. Well, sure. Yeah. Uh, just just uh, for the sake of uh, further alienating our French <laughs> listeners, <laughs> um, I'll give a tr- French <laughs> translation. <laughs> um, uh, it says, children of demons, uh, Delancre and Baudin, uh, believe that incubus demons can unite with succubus demons, And that, born of their exchange, are hideous children which are called cambions. I mean, that's what I heard. So this is this is a direct. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, just just in case, always err on the side of caution. I always say. Now this specifies that cambions are produced by incubus and succubus, or incubi and succubi. uh, That adds up to me. Well, I mean, incubi and succubi aren't full demons in in real world lore, but that's that is another episode. So yeah it's become it's it's become a whole thing now like you know especially when the research in this like demons seems to be a very vague uh, which makes sense very vague uh uh definition a lot of things can and cannot be included depending on who you ask and when you ask yeah. like so usual. the way you're
1: describing cambion um, is how i've always known succubi to work like one infernal parent one human parent
0: pretty humanoid right and this one is saying that it's two infernal parents um, now this is this gets even better you're gonna love this in 1978 the encyclopedia of occultism and parapsychology which i'm sure is a very reliable source by leslie shepherd is again it again says that a cambian is the offspring of an incubus and a succubus it also said that a child would have no breath or pulse until the age of seven and cried upon being touched it, And was incredibly heavy, too much for even a horse to carry. In the famous book, Malleus Maleficarum, which was previously mentioned on this podcast, it states that both Incubi and Succubi are incapable of reproducing at all. It reads this, and this is direct. Moreover, to beget a child is the act of a living body. But devils cannot bestow life upon the bodies they assume, because life formerly proceeds only from the soul. And the act of generation is the act of the physical organs which have bodily life. Therefore, bodies which are assumed in this way cannot either beget or bear. Yet it may be said that these devils assume a body not in order that they may bestow life upon it, but that they may, by the means of this body, preserve human semen and pass the semen on to another body.
1: Man, the past was a wild place. Can you imagine just getting to make shit up about made-up shit and call it fact?
0: It's like, it's a, it's, a, it's a whole thing where, like, you absolutely believe this is true, and then you have proof of something else being true, and neither of them fit. Uh, what you believe is to be p- p- proof, right? I believe yeah. that, that that succubi and incubi exist and reproduce demons. But I also believe that life cannot be produced without a soul. So how do I justify it? Well, I'll find this way, and then I'll say it's fact. <laughs> That's how the past yeah. worked for so long in so many ways. So th- this, this whole thing, basically breaking it down, it means that a succubus would get sperm from a mortal male give it to an incubus who in turn would pass it on to a female mortal of course leaving no option for same-sex interaction and that is how i mean how's she gonna put it in the incubus right (laughs) they're they're down with pegging i get it yeah sure um but um yeah that's it that's how they would that's how succubus and incubus would would produce it's um, somehow passing between them w- would cause uh, an effect on the sperm or, or semen. Uh, it's insane. Like, like,
1: Is this a hand transaction or is this like legit I pegging?
0: No, it is so ridiculous. And if I you're love gonna Google it, pegging, listeners,
1: <laughs> throw on the private. The, this this shit is not safe for work.
0: Yeah, uh, incognito mode and. Um, and you didn't, well, you didn't well hear from us. No, sure, whatever. We oh, sure. I, I, we're we're fine with it. No judgments here, that's for sure. We just you know no, not at all. You you do you out there you, just, you, yeah. just, just be you. cool or your partner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, consent, consent, yeah. all the way. Consent, hundred percent of the way. Um, yeah. Now the the uh, Malleus Maleficarum uh, never uses the word cambion specifically, and instead refers to them as campsores. Or uh, Wechselkinder, uh, which is the German word for changeling. Camp, source? camp source Where, I don't, I where does that come I from? I couldn't find anything on campsource. Yeah. I found another okay. thing. Yeah. I
1: thought that was just poison ivy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. All one word, though. No, no space. So, you know, there's that. Uh, grammar is everything. Punctuation and such. I mean, it is now. It didn't used to be. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. Um, a couple honorable mentions for for cultural lore. Uh, thinking before. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Rachel Roth, a.k.a. Raven from DC Comics, was a Cambian. Yep. Uh, there was a character in Samurai Jack named Ashy. I've never watched Samurai Jack myself. I've heard it's great, but Ashy was apparently a, cam- a Cambian. Yeah, I need to rectify that because I also haven't watched it, but I love that animator mm. so
1: much. Powerful oh, yeah. Girls is the shit. <laughs> so
0: good, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm more familiar with this one, but Dante and Virgil from uh, Devil May Cry a video game series were famous. Yeah, right, they were the, the, the sons brothers. of the demon knight Sparta and his and a human woman named Eva. And they will never let you forget <sighs> it. If Sparta you're just the first comes one. up all the time. Sparta with a D. D isn't Dad apparently. So dumb. Uh, it's it's <laughs> a good name. <laughs> <laughs> we both went opposite directions at the same time. It was great. Um, uh, uh, famous Cambion. You, I know you know one. We've talked about this. Uh, okay. Um, but the one that Crazy. I thought was really interesting, I had no idea, uh, the honorable mentions, is Merlin from the King Arthur Tales. Yeah, I had that no one I'm aware idea. Of Son of it. a demon and a human mother. I think that's where the term warlock comes from. is like
1: i think it used to mean like something similar to cambion and that's oh, okay. what merlin sure. was technically a, yeah um yeah that's why it was cool. so powerful that, that's awesome i thought that was really cool yeah i don't think that's in the mm-hmm. original books but it's it, it is
0: uh it's not a sure, hard take yeah. <laughs> the uh now yeah the, so that's that's the the gist of uh the 5e lore and the IRL cultural lore now a uh, couple differences uh in there i would say for sure uh i think most of it's uh, pretty similar um the the cultural lore obviously talks a lot more about uh specifics and in infancy, odd, oddly specific things uh and there are more obvious gender related restrictions I would say um, history, like usual, is very consistently vague. It seems to me uh, when it comes to the 5e version that in this case, Wizards of the Coast was a little more uh, doesn't, you know, it's flip floppy. So in the actual lore, so we'll go ahead and just make it open available for as far as like uh, gender interaction goes and sort of thing um, there's nothing specifying that it can be and can't be male or can't be female and and they have definitely left it open to the possibility of it being you know related to many other uh, in-game races for sure uh, as opposed to say some of the stuff we've yeah. uh, covered before where um, a banshee the banshee for example could you know could only be an elf female for some reason uh, without really elaborating on it Yeah, and I I appreciate Mm. that, as always. Equal opportunity Satanism. (laughs) Uh, And that, uh, I would say, crickety crack brings us to mechanics. Oh, yeah. As well as another tasty blackmail Northwest Stout.
1: Yeah, just a big thank you to those guys over at uh, Strange Fellows for doing their stuff and blacking their mail.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And uh, a big thank you to you, listeners, who are the, those of you who are out there socially isolating. We we really appreciate you. Anybody um, that we know who's in the food service industry or the healthcare industry, we uh, big thank you to you guys
0: because COVID nineteen is scary as all hell. Yeah, it's uh, it's some some surreal shit right there for sure. So stay home, stay safe. Uh, enjoy a beer or drink when you can, but uh, you know, be reasonable. And we will keep this up for your entertainment purposes. I'm sure a lot of podcasts are going to be uh, being listened to by a lot of people at this point. Oh, and a lot of them are being released, too. <laughs> yeah, no
1: doubt. My feed has gone crazy, which is it's <laughs> wonderful.
0: I love it. That's no, awesome. Uh, all right, the mechanics for the Cambion. Uh, these are a CR5 creature. Unexpected. Um, what did, did you expect lower or higher? I expected lower. Lower, Okay. It's part of me that expected, as I was doing the research, a little bit higher. Okay. Um, But I think 5 is a really good spot for it. And we'll definitely get into that. I think it's a really cool uh, uh, CR for it. Okay. And I just think of how how I would would probably want to operate it is where I think it fits in. So CR5, uh, HP is uh, 82. They have an AC of 19, which is pretty high. That is really high. Yeah, they do wear scale mail, and uh, so a medium creature of any evil alignment, and they are considered fiends. Uh, Land speed of 30, but they do have wings, so they do have a 60-foot fly speed. Okay. They can speak common, abyssal, and infernal, which is pretty standard. Yeah, that that adds up. Yeah. Uh, Damage resistances are are pretty good. Uh, They got cold, fire, lightning, poison, and any non-magical physical for bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing. That is a lot yeah yeah so uh they're not taking too much damage um they do have a a good skill set deception intimidation are at a plus six perceptions at plus four stealth is a plus seven uh pretty pretty reasonable um and definitely leans into what their you know sort of specialty is supposed to be i would say and we'll definitely elaborate on that a little bit okay and saving throws I made a note of as well because I noticed that uh, four out of the six were five or higher. I thought That was, that was, that was pretty interesting. Um, for a CR five? For a CR five, yeah. So intelligence saving throw is five, charisma and con are six, and strength is seven. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so they're, they're pretty defensive. Now, these aren't like outright fighters either, right? They're, they're kind of an in-between. Um, they got dark vision, uh, decent passive perception, so on and so forth. Uh, so we'll get into more of the uh, uh, more specific abilities. They have a, what's called fiendish blessing, which allows them to add their charisma bonus to their AC. That's why their AC is so high. Oh, okay. It's probably also why they specify they're wearing scale mail. So their charisma modifier is a three. So without uh, with the scale mail or without that charisma modifier, they're looking at a sixteen. Scale is adding two or three itself. Uh, so if, uh, I would imagine. So if you take the scale mail off, it's probably more reasonable. And that's you have a little flexibility there. Uh, they do also have innate spellcasting casting. Uh, three times a day, they can do alter self, command, or detect magic. And once per day, they can cast plane shift, but only on themselves. So plane shift is an obvious escape tactic, I would say. Wow. Alter self. And command uh, very much come into play with uh, how, at least how I imagine these creatures being played as well. Getting to actual actions, uh, they do have multi-attack. They have two main attacks. Spear, uh, typically using a spear for a weapon. The spear itself does 1d6 plus 4. It is versatile, so it can be two-handed for 1d8 plus 4. But it also does 1d6 fire damage due to their uh, demonic nature. Yeah, and then they also have the ability to cast what's called Fire Ray, uh, which is 3d6 fire at 120-foot range, no less. Uh, So they can cast either of those twice in one round. And now here's the real kicker. Uh, And imagine this in combination with Command and Alter Self. um, They have what's called Fiendish Charm. I've never heard of this. No, this is single target uh, spell or ability. Can only affect a humanoid. It's 30-foot range. And DC is 14 wisdom save. On a failure, you are charmed for one full day. A charmed target obeys the Cambion's commands. Receiving harm from the Cambion uh, or another creature or receiving a command that is suicidal will trigger another saving throw. Wow. Of course, succeeding uh, means you're immune for 24 hours. But the crazy thing about this is that if you fail twice, you could theoretically die. Yeah, that's huge. That cambion could, could simply say, could simply cast this on you, and if you fail, say, go leap off that building or off that cliff or, or stab yourself in the gut or, you know, whatever. And if you fail a second time, you will do it. And that is, I, I went through that warning a few times on it just to double check, and that's, that is what it says. You know, receiving a suicidal command will trigger another saving throw. If you fail it, you are still under that sway, and you will perform that task. Um, so that, that gives a tremendous amount of power to this creature.
1: And it's not a low save either. It's pretty middle of the way with 14.
0: Yeah, right? It's not, not a gimme, for sure. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was, uh, was uh, pretty stark or pretty obvious. So to me, this creature is what some of the descriptions said earlier, where they are you know often in the middle of... Uh, major events that happen in whatever part of the world they are whatever plane they're, they're existing on um, they make good ambassadors envoys and assassins they are secretive conniving but seldom respected and seldom uh, accepted yeah these are exactly the sort of creature that you know uh, is born and, and bred and more probably more specifically raised uh, in a way or grows up in a way that would lead them to become conniving, power-seeking, and manipulative uh, beings. Uh, What I can say for sure is that in the 5e setting for Greyhawk, there's an entire country or setting, uh, uh, nation in that that setting uh, that is run and ruled by a Cambian named Ayuz, Ayuzet. And there was reference to him in uh, Ghosts of Saltmarsh when we played that. Really, Yeah. The, uh, there was a vendor in, in Saltmarsh that was a, uh, an ambassador and quartermaster for Ayus and worked in trade from that nation because that nation had a, a struggle. They were constantly at war uh, and weren't able to produce the, uh, the, uh, the amount of food they needed. So they were constantly, they relied on other nations for trade and, and up to and including Saltmarsh in that area for their, their crazy amount of fishing so it was uh, there was a heavy reference in the lore in that uh, adventure and whatnot to ayo's a cambion that runs uh, an entire country that's really cool yeah so like uh you know how he got there i have no idea they didn't flesh that out but uh you know it l- lets your imagination run a bit wild yeah no i love the idea of playing different combo combinations of, of 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 humanoids and demons getting into homebrew. yeah this is all all um, over you for homebrew right this is yeah it's crazy it's you know when they say humanoid like they, they do leave that open quite a bit you know could it be a dragonborn or lizard folk you know could it be an elf could it be a dwarf i mean there was our there's already the durgar uh, as a different type of half fiend alone um there's lots of options there i imagine a little like gnome like creature with wings and cloven hooves and <laughs> just as conniving and powerful as one of these yeah um uh, yeah um to be able to use alter self and, and change your you know how you look the way i imagine using this creature um is is in such a way that uh you know they they might play on an npc or multiple npcs that that, that that the characters might come across um i would create like a an opportunity for them to pick up on small subtle things maybe a maybe a, a physical tell of some kind whether it's in the way they, they stand or, or motion or if it's uh, something they always, they always keep obvious on their physical appearance. Like you know wearing a certain number of earrings in one ear or something small like that. I would, I would leave that open. The reason I love the CR at five is that they're powerful. They feel powerful enough to be a last boss or a final boss to a segment of a campaign. And level 5, uh, it to me, feels quite significant uh, in, the, in the growing of a, of a character. It's a, it's a good round number, for sure, when it comes to dividing up a, a total of 20 levels. A lot of adventurers will bring you from 1 to 5. It is a, it is a good ending point. and And this is a great opportunity, I think, for a creature to sort of be inter, interspersed, 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 interspersed. Uh, across a uh, a smaller campaign, or at least the first portion of a campaign, only to show up at the end saying, "Hey, surprise! You know it was me all along." Uh, they just built for that, and to have a, a good final encounter with them, I think will be really, really cool. And it's nothing to bat an eye at for sure. Yeah, definitely.
1: They have a lot of potential, as like you said, like a quarter boss his fifth level is is about a quarter of the way through a traditional D leveling structure. Um, right, and you would have. You have tools to deal with this. Uh, I think a uh, nineteen AC would still be pretty difficult. But
0: yeah, it's it's certainly not not uh, not feasible. You know, I, I would probably, depending on the 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 crew you're looking at, I, you know, that fiendish charm should go in the way of the cambion and, and result in a, a very sudden death. You know, you might want to do that more with an, an NPC as opposed to an actual PC. You know, but it does depend on the circumstances. It's depend probably depending on the interactions of the uh, the player and this this character uh, that you're using or using this creature for. Um, but uh, it, it's powerful. It's something I would wouldn't be too shy about attempting in some way, and it, it could could make for a very significant story moment. You know, definitely. And again, I just with displacer beasts, I feel like. Uh, in our previous episode um, not a difficult creature to run is the cool part you know uh, they have a little bit more going on than the displacer beast itself but not anything overly complicated you know a couple innate spell casting but they're very situational they're very specific to how you would run the character or want to run the character anyway Uh, and as far as combat goes very straightforward but powerful
1: yeah absolutely do you so do you know where they fit into your world at all do you have any thoughts on that
0: I honestly don't. Um, I think part of the, my homebrew world, um, I've yet to really flesh out the demonic side of things. There's a, there a big focus on more celestial side of stuff, and, uh, and very specifically when it comes to the division of, of planes and realms it's much more condensed. Gotcha. Uh, so uh, rather than having an abyss and nine hells and that sort of thing, that, that kind of stuff doesn't actually really exist. It's more condensed in a, in a more shadow version of the material world. Uh, but it's something I've, I've yet to flesh out. It's been quite a while since I've, I've had the opportunity to explore uh, that as well, especially on the DM side of things. But um, yeah, where these guys fit in is really difficult to say. There's a lot of a lot of celestial style stuff in my world and i just imagine a lot how i would end up fleshing it as a lot of fiends and demons would would be very closely tied to the celestial side of things uh and a corrupted version of it rather than the sort of more natural counterpart if you will okay but um something to to use for inspiration i would say uh writing going forward definitely yeah absolutely I, i really like
1: almost all the mechanics behind them i think this would be a blast to use
0: yeah yeah I feel like people would be quite disappointed with their their saving uh the saving throws uh, that they force them to roll. This <laughs> is uh they're they're going to be tough they're going to be tough to take down. Yeah,
1: I mean like we said fourteen's not too bad.
0: Yeah. But I mean I mean like the saving throws that the cambion's going to roll like you know, those those 4 and a 6 that are above a 5 oh, uh, bonus yeah, 5 or above That's It's huge. It's, uh, it's it's beast, yeah. Um if you throw this if you throw this uh this creature in with one or two, you know, hellhounds or something like that. Um, people might want to try some uh, area of effect attacks, and they might be disappointed. Yeah, I mean, the, this
1: is one of those creatures where it really earns that CR five in my mind. Like, I'm—I mm. I, want to make it clear how how uncomfortable an AC of nineteen makes me, even still to this day. Like, you guys are level eight or nine now, and an AC mm. of nineteen is still tough for you guys to hit. Oh yeah, yeah, it can be it can be really tough. So yeah. I can't even imagine you guys trying to fuck with that as a as a fifth level party. Uh, so I think even just adding a couple of hellhounds is drastically going to increase the CR of yeah, this encounter. It'd be pretty
0: intense. The yeah, two hellhounds
1: yeah. will—they yeah. uh, increase the CR of that giant encounter that you guys went into. A huge, like real, oh real yeah. Big.
0: yeah. Uh, which I say though, again, uh, I would probably have an NPC or something alongside that party, and they would probably end up being the target and possibly a victim of that fiendish charm. That's fair. So yeah, try and balance that uh, that intense encounter out with one or two other. Uh, characters and then you know do your best to uh, rid the rid the scene of one of them <laughs> yeah they really do lend themselves to more
1: role play than combat i think
0: yeah yeah i would say so for sure yeah uh but yeah that's uh that's the old cambion where, where would you where would they fit in your world How, anything you would change <laughs> uh i <I'll laughs> I was,
1: uh, I, I've been avoiding it because I was hoping you wouldn't ask because I, I can't, I can't disclose, <laughs> can't, can't, can't. <laughs> I can't disclose that information.
0: That and that in of itself was a bit of a spoiler, but that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for those of you who don't know,
1: yeah. I'm, I run a pretty, um, it's it's a pretty heaven and hell heavy. Uh, campaign. I'm I'm the opposite of Freeman. My my underworlds, my nine hells, my the the abyss. They're really really fleshed out. and the current campaign, one of the underlying themes has been a, a cult of Zariel. So um, whenever we do this infernal stuff, a lot of it I have kind of slotted into place, and I can't really go into too much depth. But if we ever recover Cambians, I'll, I'll definitely go over what I've got planned for them.
0: Cool uh yeah i I would love to have uh that peek behind the curtain (laughs) yeah (laughs) i i I think you'll get it just uh, uh, at the table yeah (laughs) yeah for
1: sure uh all
0: right i mean anything you would change off the top of your
1: head uh again i might fuck with that ac a little bit like that's yeah that's a tough one for me um Mm -hmm. other than that i think they're pretty stocked that that double fire ray is pretty huge
0: yeah big time yeah couple of 3 d six in a row.
1: Yeah, even even like a two-handed spear, a 1D8, 1D6. Like, that's... Yeah, like you said, I, I wouldn't make them a lone creature. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think the party would ever fight one of these alone, in which case I'd probably place it closer to like a CR7 or CR8. Yeah. I think uh, I, uh,
0: having, you know, I did the research on this a while back, and having done a quick review for those, this recording, you know, uh, I think I might find a way to squeeze one of these guys into... Uh, the scenarios that we are doing for Libra Sarcana, which is a good opportunity to plug them again. Yeah, yeah, please do. Um, we uh, James and I have picked up uh, just a small side gig uh, for for uh, fun and uh, a bit of torture, maybe on the <laughs> schedule. Uh, it's a good challenge, good exercise. Um, uh, basically at uh, LibrasArcana.com they are uh, releasing a monthly uh, digital gaming subscription. Uh, it's 5 USD I think it is. It probably comes at about $7 Canadian and you receive two small sort of plug and play scenarios uh, usually uh, when applicable coming with a map or tokens and that sort of thing to uh, use on Fantasy Grounds, Roll20 or some such platform and uh, Uh, anything else we feel like might uh support the the content uh these are just small scenarios usually meant to plug into your regular campaign as a little side uh mission or you know a little little something extra maybe when you've entered town or or between towns or something like that lost in the woods yeah the idea is kind of like a session's length like a couple hours yeah 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 not necessarily a full uh one-shot idea uh, but something to to really squeeze in with uh, and use use information uh, use as inspiration uh, sorry uh, and uh, and uh, we'd love to hear any feedback uh, uh, should you guys uh, ever come across it or decide to sign up and get at us at uh, what the hell is our tweeter uh, at <laughs> encounterpod at encounterpod there we go that's 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 what James does the tweeter yeah we we're we're getting a live one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that picked up on the mic, but we, we just got tweeted at.
0: Oh, yeah, sweet. Who's tweeting us? Uh, Live tweets. I, no. Uh, no. It's a Q, quick, it's a Q&A. Improvised Q&A. <laughs> what do we got? Uh,
1: we have officially been followed by Jonathan Tweet, who is oh. uh, one of the uh, designers for D&D back in the day. He was uh, on the 4th edition Monster Manual and one of the designers of the uh, 3.5 edition um, miniatures handbook
0: how wicked is that yeah so he just uh, see we been us. telling you for months now we're a big deal listeners <laughs> now now jonathan tweet is 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 following us on the tweeter we've officially made it i yeah i think so i think yeah. i think we're doing okay <laughs> amazing
1: uh but if twitter's not your jam you can always fire us off an email at info at encounter or check out our facebook page at facebook.com backslash encounter this or uh, if, if you don't like social medias and you just want to see what we're doing on the web or you want to check out our reading lists, you can get that at encounterthis.ca. And if you've got time and you use iTunes, please rate and review. It really, really helps.
0: Or any of them platforms. Yeah. Any or all of them. Spotify, cash I don't know if you can write on uh, Spotify, but yes. Go, go, go podcast. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know what they're called. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all over the place. Yeah. We're everywhere, everywhere. Yeah,
1: and normally we do a Patreon plug right about now, but honestly, with everything that's going off in the world, um, we, we appreciate it, and if you want to, we're, we're certainly not going to say no. For $5, you can get a handwritten thank you letter, access to our private Discord, and uh, we post the notes for our shows up on, on there.
0: Just imagine, private Discord, like, you know, well, myself, I have a lot more time on my hands uh, these days, uh, usually in front of my computer, so uh, you could talk to me. Jump into a voice chat with Freeman. <laughs> Why not? What do you get to lose? <laughs> or
1: honestly, at this the the state of the world, we're still dealing with coronavirus nineteen here in um, mm. in, in the uh, North American side of the world. So if you we'd we'd actually prefer it this this time around if you took that five bucks and you you know you donated it to a local food bank or charity or helped out or, or bought a gift certificate for a local restaurant. That stuff can really help. Um, so support yeah. local as much as you can right now
0: definitely yeah james and i have spent a lot of our careers uh working for local and um uh, we're both in the restaurant industry and uh uh, we're feeling big changes and hits uh from all of this ourselves so by all means do what you can to uh send uh, donations and stuff to those who who really need it to you know especially those who who work so hard to be independent and uh and provide something that the community really looks forward to and enjoys uh yeah and um stay safe just stay safe everyone uh the worst comes to worst if you you can't afford any small donations just just reach out to somebody reach out to friends being isolated can be uh a big hit on mental health for a lot of people you know what uh, myself included take that five dollars a month
1: for patreon Throw it over to Libra Arcana's Digital Gaming Scenario. Pick one of those up. That helps
0: everybody, and then run that for those friends who are being isolated. Get yourself, get yourself started on some online stuff. Now's the time to use the the inspiration to uh, to uh, start something. If you've been avoiding it or been unsure, just what do you get to lose? Just do it. Start up a game. Yeah, you will play a scenario. Will have have fun. fun with it. All right, that's gonna do it for us
1: this time around, creatures. Thank you, thank you, friends. And Enjoy May. I think this comes out in May. Pausing audacity.